Once again, Chief Market Strategist of Blue Line Futures. Okay, Phil, give me some answers here. How come the NASDAQ's finally run out of steam just when Powell came out last week and apparently told everyone what they wanted to hear to sell the dollar and try and put on a little dovish trade? Yeah, the problem right now is that the U.S. economy and many other countries out there are going through a phase transition as economic growth starts to decelerate. What we're having is a compression on economic data. All the meanwhile, that inflation, and it's not you know lumber that's obviously been halved, but we're starting to see uh, many other aspects, many other commodities out there. Look at wheat, corn, soybeans, crude oil, although it's got a small setback today. They're continuing to, to travel at elevated paces. We're still signaling higher highs on oil. So you're seeing inflation. Look at the CRB index back up near those all-time highs. Inflation is holding and it's remaining sticky as that economic growth is decelerating. So we are transitioning into a stagflation type environment, which may ultimately oh, oh. steamroll into deflation. You're going to make some people very angry if you use that S word, Phil. It's not allowed right now, but I'll uh, abide it. But with one small caveat, it's like a combination, right? Because stagflation, you don't have inflation just ripping through and no growth. And we've got big growth, right? It's just it, maybe they're going in the wrong direction from each other. Well, they're, they're compressing, growth is compressing. I mean, you look at if you fired every employee when COVID started and you brought back, you started with two, you bring back four there, you're, you, you've doubled your workforce. Well, there's gonna get to a point where you know, some of these different areas on economic data are gonna compress where you're no longer needing certain things. So we'll see a slowdown on growth, and that's the problem. Slowdown yeah. on growth, rising inflation. So that's the point there, right? And I'm, I'm just teasing because I believe that that's the closest word we've got, right? Stagflation. It's just, there's this textbook definition that people get very freaked out about when we use it, but the effect may be the same, especially equity prices are at all time high valuations. Yeah, you, you need to be short small caps, anything that's high debt, high enterprise value. You know, when you look at those ratios, you need to be short basically the Russell 2000. So anywhere 2250 on up to 2275, we look at that as strong resistance point and we would come in and be active sellers on there. Mm. The NASDAQ on the other hand, with low, uh, low interest rates, you wanna be long organic growth and the NASDAQ is your perfect hedge on the long side. But when does that end, Phil? There's convexity to that, right? It works until it doesn't. It'll end when the economic data says it ends. So you need to stand the course until then. We've gone into a phase transition. That's the way you play it. You also want to be long gold. You want to be short the dollar. You want to be long Swiss franc, Japanese yen, you know, some of these other currencies. The wheat market's a great one. One of the tightest wheat uh, crops on record. Okay. So there's plenty of opportunities out there. You just got to be very selectful and you can't stay with, you know, these themes and ride them out forever. They're going to change. So the commodity part, totally on board. I want to come back to the NASDAQ, though, because that one's really, really important here because, Phil, one could argue that's been happening, right? If we say that the bond market now is flattening in the yield curve because of this pseudo-stagflation peaking growth situation, then reasonably I could draw that back all the way to maybe late May when it started getting crushed. NASDAQ's been crushing it since then. So does that go on forever? I know that's your point is that it's been the trade, but do we reach a certain point? Point where even these companies ultimately go, you know what, we need the economy too. Or maybe, I don't know, people just run out of cash or stimulus or something. 
Well, we've seen many of the NASDAQ stocks get hit, right? Like Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, you know, Facebook, Google. They've all, all the, all, well, not Google, but all the other companies, you know, they have been hit. And the problem is, is that when you go into a phase transition, that's where people find safety in these proven companies. So now all of a sudden, Microsoft and Amazon and Apple are going to go from, you know, people are going to sell small cap stocks and smell, sell these, you know, riskier stocks that they've been playing, that they've been making 10 times their money on. They'll sell those in the next phase transition and they'll go into the big, uh, the big tech names as safety. So do you think, Phil, that we can, because right now the Russell's been bouncing in this 200 point range. Can we continue doing this handoff back and forth and keep it range bound or will we have one crack? What is your view on how long we can play that sort of hot potato game with the economy? It is signaling lower lows. The Russell hasn't made a high in, in a few months. Do you think Russell's going to break down? It'll come close to it, but it but it hasn't. So we we are signaling lower lows. We're playing the downside of the Russell. That's our hedge on our portfolios. You okay. can do it with options or futures. You go look at the September options. That'll get you past Jackson Hole. It'll probably get you past that Fed meeting when they think that they might indicate the taper. That would be the first one is in September. And so you say you're hedging your portfolio with puts for September? Yeah, with Puts and short futures on, and, and you know, the, the CME has launched a great product. They've got the micro Russell, they've got the mini Russell. So you could find something that matches your needs. And I'm not saying hedge the whole thing. You just want to be balanced. You want to be long tech, you know, long gold, long some of these currencies, short dollar, short, uh, short the Russell. Okay. Uh, Phil, what about the dollar side there? Because we got a big dollar pop out of nowhere, and the closest thing I can tie to it was a slightly hawkish Fed in June. You don't think that's going to last if the situation uh, has more duration here? Okay, that was one bounce we saw, but rewind the dollar for, you know, 18 months, yeah. whatever, yeah. It's, it's it's signaled like six or seven lower lows. It just, it went down to a point where the euro was getting too strong, the dollar, the pound was getting too strong, the dollar was too weak, and, you know, they're going to jawbone it back up, but that thing, it didn't break out back to the upside. It went up to 93. It's just, it's range bound. So okay. I, it looks like we are signaling to go and maybe retest the lows on a dollar. Okay, I think we hit just about everyone there except for one. And you know I'm not going to let him get a freebie. That's the coiners. Phil, when you use the word stagflation, there's a lot of coiners that are going to get really excited. But is that how it works? I tell you, the Ethereum looks pretty good. Um, if you look, it's that's like one of the best areas uh, for Bitcoin is when we go into like deflation. They find safety in that weakness in many other countries and their their equities they go into Bitcoin as safety rather than, you know, gold is there, but Bitcoin seems to be an easy thing to, for people to go on. Bitcoin hasn't flipped a bullish trend yet. Uh, the Ethereum has. So okay. Ethereum's your better play right now.